now. Okay. <clears throat> Once in every generation, a podcast comes along which defines its era and sets the gold standard for all podcasts who follow in its footsteps. And, I mean, your parents watched this, <laughs> the podcast brought to you by Comedy Here Often, is that podcast. Come out and catch its meteoric rise and join the ride. Damn, that sounds awesome. Yeah. We got to switch all our shit out to that. Well, that is our bio. It that is our bio. That's for our us by us. Yeah, that's Fubu. our bio. You can find it at thecomedyfactory.com. Yeah. Um, um welcome back to the show. We were this is round 2 of the week. Another classic. Yeah. Another classic makeup episode. Another for the boys. yeah, another whoopsie daisies. Yeah. The whoopsie daisies special. I went through all our lists of episodes and I I think like a, a good 40% of them are like Either skip to this timestamp for good <laughs> yeah. audio, or hey, we're really sorry this one's <laughs> so late. <laughs> That's how you know that we're trying our absolute best. That's how you know this is a podcast hosted by people who are pretty much the same as Hunter S. Thompson. <laughs> yeah. Which brings me to what you're going to say next. Yeah. So at the end of the last episode, uh, you may remember, uh, if you were a real fan and listened to the very end, that we promised you that we would be covering Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Uh, with local comedian Nick McQuick. And uh, we did do that, actually. For it was a great episode hours. for two hours. A two-banger. It was genuinely an excellent episode. A lot of hot takes on there. A lot of philosophy. A lot of politics. A lot of, lot of dissecting Hunter S. Thompson and what makes him tick. Uh, that episode got corrupted. It's lost forever. Yep. Uh, void. It's gone. Yeah. Due to an act of God, it will never see the light of day. Um, and so to make up for that... We've decided to record a worse podcast about the worst movie, um, Where the Buffalo Roam, yeah. starring the Hunter S. Thompson movie starring Bill Murray and uh, uh, what's the other Peter Boyle as uh, Dr. Gonzo. Yeah. And there's no guests this time. So it's just you, a shit movie and your two co-daddies. Just really? like the early days of the podcast. Yeah, really taking us back to the first 15 episodes or so. Of this you guys bad miss boy. us? We're what's, back. What's new? This movie sucked. How's your day been? Um, Message us on Instagram about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, th- uh, what do you, yeah this movie sucked is how you so feel So I'll tell you it. right now, it was bad. I'll tell you right now. It, opening scene, if we're talking about that, it gave my expectations were through the fucking roof for this movie. Why would that? Okay, because the opening scene was just Bill Murray sitting in his. Uh, no, no, I'm talking before that. The credit. Oh, the, the credit credits thing. where it was like this. I will say that uh, all the title cards for this movie look good as hell. It's like Ralph Steadman, you know, the ink blot fucking splatter art. That's you know. Yeah, I love that. But what I'm talking about is uh, I'm just a sucker for an like an opening song where it's acapella sung in a creepy way. And then it's like B roll of wildlife. Yeah. That sets me up for a fucking journey full of tingles. I had goosebumps already. I was so jazzed for this movie. I'm glad that you liked that aspect of it because you know, I didn't much like that, that, I did also like the song, but for different reasons. I really liked the beginning of it because my favorite part in any movie is when, you know, first off, Roll Call. Love Roll Call. You know, I've talked extensively about that. We're huge Roll Call guys. Big Roll Call guys. But even more so than that, I like it when they say the name of the movie in the movie. Yep. 
They rip that Band-Aid off not 10 seconds into this. Oh, I, did, I missed that. Oh, yeah, man. Well, because, uh, I mean, they say it, like, later on in the movie as the characters, except the song that they're playing is Where the Buffalo Roam by some fucking guy. No, it's Home on the Range. Oh, it's Home on the Range, but they talk about Where the Buffalo Roam on that. Where the deer and the antelope play. Yeah, there's some shit like that. And a buffalo herd has encouraging no that can't be how it goes it is how it goes believe me there's some sort of mention of a buffalo i thought that was dope but uh yeah and then three seconds into the first scene the fucking main actor uh bill tom what's his name bill murray oh i I thought (laughs) i was gonna say bill thompson bill s thompson yeah yeah bill murray he starts talking and then like about two seconds into his sentence, I'm fucking out of it again. I hate him. I hate Bill Murray. Well, he's such a worse Hunter S. Thompson. I just hate him based okay. off this. That's totally fair. A lot of people don't like <laughs> Bill Murray. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I mean, that's not a fair judgment. I've never seen him in anything else. But uh, I just I don't like the way he talks. Like, it feels like he's not acting all the way in this. For, it's weird to describe. It's I feel like the people who made this movie just didn't get Hunter S. Thompson the way that Johnny Depp and, uh, oh, fuck, who, Terry Gillum, the director of uh, Fear and Loathing, got him. Like, in this, it seems like a very surface level. Like, they look at Hunter S. Thompson, and instead of seeing, like, you know, kind of a fucking guy who has very, I would say, some deep fucking solid opinions about the world and life and what it means to be a person and all that. Yeah. Um, and they just see instead of like ignoring all of or seeing all of that, they kind of ignore it and just like look at him as a maniac who's on drugs and is irrational. Yeah, they. It seems more like this movie is like trying to make fun of the way he lived and yes, of, uh, you know, show the way he lived. Exactly. Yeah, they're really not trying to make Hunter S. Uh, a, a relatable character in this movie. Mm-hmm. He's really just the comedic. Um, yeah, he's like the uh, comedy comedy guy he's the butt of all the jokes yeah my thing about bill murray is less deep than that it just seems like he's uncomfortable in this whole movie like he doesn't talk with a flow at all he talks like weird as fuck and i know hunter s thompson talked weird as fuck but i just don't like the take on it that they used in this versus in fear and loathing yeah it was just a little off i honestly like i felt like the his hunter cadence wasn't terrible like there was one scene um I think it was like right in the middle of the movie or like towards the end of it where he was uh, giving a big speech in front of an auditorium. Yeah. And I, I thought like some uh, uh, the way that his cadence wasn't that was, you know, it was it wasn't terrible. It wasn't yeah. terrible for doing a Hunter impression. But for me, what what got it, it was like all of he missed the physicality that Johnny Depp had. Yeah, he missed all of that. It was just like you, you, you sounded kind of like Hunter S. Thompson. But all the rest of it just wasn't there. It felt like you were just like it felt like he was just doing a pretty, you know, bare bones like, Hunter S. Thompson impression. It kind of felt like um, like on SNL when they have a famous guy yeah. as a character, but it's played by one of the like cast. Exactly. Yeah. It just felt like an impression that wasn't all the way there. Like when you do Donald Trump. Yes. Yeah, definitely did. Uh, definitely did feel like that. Um, yeah, this movie was just, it, it's so funny that it ever came out. Um, I don't know, man, this really just like kind of bastardized everything that makes Hunter S. Thompson interesting in my opinion. Like yeah. the camera work was so fucking lame. It was shot like a three camera sitcom or like a multi-camera sitcom. 
Yeah, um, it was a uh, really almost everything that like all the little things Fear and Loathing has to help sell it are just non-existent in this movie. Yeah, it's it just it feels like almost like an old black and white movie where it's like where they can't talk. And you're just like watching it and you're like, I'm fucking, I feel like I'm missing a huge piece. Yeah, exactly. But you're actually not because it's not very, there's not much of a through line to this movie because this isn't like fear and loathing in Las Vegas as much as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. As much as our guest on the deleted podcast episode told us on that episode that it was. Yeah. That it was shot for shot the same movie. Yeah, It is like he told wildly us, different. He said, you remember what he said? He said, it opens by him saying... We were about halfway out of Barstow when the drugs kicked in. Yeah. And actually, it opens with Hunter S. Thompson pulling a gun on the phone, Yeah, which you got to respect, but uh, hey, let's call a spade a spade. That's not the same. That's not true. We were lied to, and you guys will never be as angry about it as we are. I do think, though, um, the like, I think it's a way bolder attempt at a movie about Hunter S. Thompson than Fear and Loathing was. It totally is. I mean, because that's like... I was saying to you before we started, like, okay, so this movie is basically just three kind of short stories, essentially, um, kind of about Hunter S. Thompson, mostly about his lawyer. Well, yeah, I the way I read it was like it's supposed to be about Hunter and his lawyer's uh, relationship. Yes. Yeah, that's kind of got to a point where they were going to fucking Las Vegas anyways. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, like. I honestly would would have loved if this movie was just with Johnny Depp and uh oh fuck who played Dr. Gonzo in the original movie. Yeah, I don't remember, but I don't know, but you're you, right. This should be remade with um Johnny Depp. It should be remade guy. because this would be a sick movie just like watching Hunter S. Thompson do things. Yeah, but it should be written better because it was really hard to follow i don't know if you had that too absolutely i had to watch this movie with the wikipedia plot line up so that i actually knew what was going on yeah i watched it twice and then still didn't get it so i read roger ebert's review and even his review was just like <laughs> two paragraphs long and he was like yeah i mean good idea but it fucking kind of sucks yeah <laughs> yeah and this th- it definitely did just kind of do that. I don't know. I mean, it was really cool to kind of get a little more backstory into the character of uh, Dr. Gonzo. They called him something else in this movie. They called him uh, uh, Laszlo. Yeah. Uh, which also wasn't the real guy's name. Let me pull it up it real was quick. Oscar Zeta uh, uh, something. Uh, Acosta? Oscar Zeta Acosta, yeah. Yeah, yeah and uh, I was reading about him today. What a fucking life, dude. Yeah, that guy fucking rules, man. That guy was sick. There's a story... Uh, Hunter has an article that came out in like uh, 1976 or 1976 probably in Rolling Stone that's like um, after uh, this guy disappeared and it's like eulogizing him because they don't know if he's dead or not, but Hunter assumes he is, right? Yeah. And uh, he tells a story about how one day uh, a judge had found him in contempt of court. So what he did to send a message was go to the judge's house at four in the morning and light his entire lawn on fire without burning like any of the house or anything Sick. like like somehow he just had superhuman powers superhuman he was just uh, like on acid powers. all the time doing arson committing crimes always had a gun on him love but then that. still just like a very successful civil rights lawyer that's the kind of lawyer that i'd love to be party yeah. lawyer 
just I mean, vibing with the clients. You obviously know where to get the best drugs. You're getting them off the hook. They owe you. The thing that's confusing to me about, um, like, when I read Hunter or when I see things about his life is, like, it always makes that time in history, the 70s and 80s and, uh, I guess, 60s, too, seem so fucking, like, wild and, like, free and, like, you can do whatever you oh, want. Oh, I know. But it's we know people who lived through that. They're yeah. just guys. Yeah, they're just regular guys. Well, they probably squandered it, you know? Like, if you're really living, you know, young and wild and free, then uh, chances are you're dead. You've been dead since probably the 80s or the late 70s. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, okay. That's a fair point. You're looking at survivorship bias right now, Brad. You're looking at all the fucking squares that just, you know, fucking chilled and did nothing. Just fucking listened to The Who and The Beatles when they were in their boring era. Yeah, but his writing really does give me the impression that, like, that was just what society was like. But then that just is an unreliable narrator kind of thing. That is an unreliable narrator. Because, I mean, that's definitely what a specific subculture was like. I don't think it's how all of society was. Yeah, but, like... Because sometimes when I read his shit, I'm like, okay, he feels angry about the system that he lives in. Yeah. So this is how he acts out. And then I'm like... Oh, and that's how everyone was acting out. So that's how I should act out, too. I do think it's a good way to act out. I mean, I'm not... It's not not bad, but look, it's not good for you. It's not good for you, but I will say, every time I've done a copious amount of drugs, I've figured some things out. I've been a little uh, less amped up than I was going into it. Yeah, and that's fair. Like, uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but I just think uh, everyone should remember that, you know, you don't have to... If you're angry about the government, you don't have to do acid and burn but the judge's house down. it's on the table. But, again, you know, we, we could start the leftist CIA. We could all start doing that if you guys wanted. Consider it. The listeners. <laughs> Just pitching things on here. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, because Hunter was also in the depths of that subculture, too. Like, he was, I think yeah. he was living in San Francisco or L.A. at the time. And that was like the fucking epicenter of uh, the hippie movement. Yeah, and Have also you met the a hippie acid in movement. real life. I um, feel like I've met people who say they're hippies, but really they just kind of like smell bad and smoke weed. Yeah, I mean, like it, it's I don't know because I I've met like some people who would consider themselves hippies. I don't know if I also would. But like it's uh, it's hard to even define what a hippie is because you think Hunter S. Thompson was in the hippie movement, but he doesn't seem like a fucking free love. Let's cuddle kind of guy. He's like a he's not singing Kumbaya. He's shooting his gun off into the air. You know? Well, he, it seemed like he was like he was definitely part of like the acid movement or the LSD movement. There was a lot of hippies also involved in that. So I feel like it was probably like a, a tenuous alliance with them that he had. Yeah. I guess I just kind of group it all into one and I'm like, every hippie was doing acid and Hunter was the leader because he had a gun. Yeah. Cause he was the <laughs> cleanest cut of that's, all of that's them. That's why they let him write all the stories about it. Cause he had a good haircut and a gun. Yeah. Who was going to stop him? Man. Not those fucking dopers in the field. I do like man. I've never really wanted to have a gun until I've heard Hunter S. Thompson describe having a gun before. Yeah, I've kind of always wanted to have a gun. I mean, like, I, you know, I I thought it'd be cool, and then I thought it would be dangerous, and then I thought it'd be cool again, and then I thought I would for sure kill myself if I had a gun around. Yeah, and that's kind of where I'm at right now. There was a year in high school where, after I had heard that Jim Jeffries gun control bit, I was like, no one should have guns. And then I was like, oh, but... That's impossible. So now I think we should all have guns. I think I should have a gun if I ever get my brain in check. 
I think we should all have guns, but they're all revolvers so that you can't do mass shootings. Yeah, that's actually a really good middle ground. You yeah. can have a revolver or a double-barreled shotgun. That's it. Yeah. You can have six or two bullets for each one, respectively. Yeah, and what would be wrong with a world like that? Yeah, exactly. You don't need eight bullets to kill any, you know, you don't need more than that. Let to alone 30. Like, yeah, if you can't defend your house with six revolver <laughs> shots and two double-barreled shotgun bullets, like, your house you've was lost gonna it. Get taken yeah, your house. shit was going to get taken in it. You had no chance out here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm honestly surprised you made it far enough to get a house. Yeah, seriously. How the fuck did you get a down payment, bro? <laughs> How did you not get robbed? on the way to the bank yeah i only have an apartment i could defend that with like a russian roulette ro- revolver just yeah. one bullet in the chamber and it's not even set on the right one i have a townhouse and two roommates like we don't need guns we've got six fists <laughs> ready to fucking fly dude at a moment's notice <laughs> just try and fucking break in dude yeah, pow, yeah. pow 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 that's fucking six punches right in your throat and you have a sign on the door to bring everyone's guard down where you're like one one-armed man lives here <laughs> <laughs> then before they know it they're surrounded by six fists this is five more arms than i thought <laughs> oh fuck man we didn't prepare for this get the get the extra arm proof vest <laughs> the arm proof vest i need three guys for backup we need it this is an eight-arm robbery right now um but yeah like uh there was a, a part yeah, they, what about this they have armed robberies does do they have de-armed robberies de-armed robberies the burglar doesn't have arms and it's just he's robbing you pirate style it's with like a, a knife crime. in his everyone's teeth everyone's just impressed by how much he could pull with his teeth yeah they're, <laughs> it's like okay what, what else can i give you i bet you can't steal my tv <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're just giving him like leftovers yeah and yeah shit. <laughs> um but yeah, but what what really made me decide that I absolutely need a gun is I don't think I mean the scene was in the Fear and Loathing movie, but it's uh, more explored in the book where he talks about how uh it was when he was peeling out of Las Vegas and he got he was getting followed by the cop. It was like after that exchange and he talked about how he just needed to feel a gun in his hands. <laughs> how he needed to like feel the power of it going off and like how it wasn't even like man, I sure would like to shoot a gun. It's like, nope, I need to shoot a gun right now. Yeah, see, I don't know if that's like a position I want to be in for myself because then my question becomes like, are you addicted to a gun? Because like the only thing I think people feel like they need is like either coffee or a dart. Yes, but here's what I think about addictions is that people get fucked up when they have only one addiction. Because mm-hmm. then you're just going crazy on that. You're smoking cigarettes all day long. That's or you're, true. You're, you're drinking coffee all day long. Me personally, your time. I like to have nine or ten addictions just kind of going at once. You yeah, know, get I a like day to, planner going. Exactly. I like to dabble in you know marijuana abuse. Then maybe I'll go smoke somebody's cigarette. Then maybe after that I'll get too drunk. Or you know <laughs> why not add gunplay into the mix? Yeah. Maybe I mean, I'll be able to take a couple more days off from drinking a week if I just you know get into shooting. Yeah, it's actually if you think about it that way, it's a lot more responsible because I, you're way less likely to drunk drive. Exactly. It's quite frankly not owning a gun is wildly irresponsible of me. Yeah, that but, is just that's, I got to stop that. The reason I keep getting pulled over and getting the evil eye from cops is because uh, I'm not shooting enough guns. Yeah, there's all different kinds of self care. Yeah, and for me, it's buying a revolver. Mm-hmm. Or a musket. You could do a musket. Could do a musket also. Because then it's like you really got to think about your shot. Because let me riddle you this. Somebody pisses you off at the bar, right? You go out, you get your musket from your truck. You bring it in. You're ready to shoot the man. But then you think, 
okay, he has five friends here. They all have muskets. It's going to take me about 45 minutes to reload my musket. And all their muskets already have one in the head already. So they're just going to kill me. So you wouldn't even use your musket. Mutually assured destruction. Well, yeah, that's what we need because that's the problem is like you get in a fight and all these cowards are just like, oh, well, I'll just I'll just kill you. But if you can only kill one guy and then you're going to get your ass killed. Yeah. Make, makes you stop and think. Yeah, it makes you a little more forgiving. Maybe there'd be less toxic masculinity in the world. Maybe. Hey, you know, another thing I uh, hated about where the buffalo roam. What? Um, Bill Murray had hair. I thought he had the same, like, skullet thing that Hunter had. He did not. He had a full head of... I mean, it was Bill Murray hair, so, like, it was thinning, but, like, he had a full head of hair. <laughs> you can just shave the top for this, Bill? Couldn't, yeah, no, fucking Johnny Depp did. Why can't you, Bill Murray? Well, Hunter S. Thompson... In the notes for Fear and Loathing, I wrote Hunter S. Thompson is a bald icon. You're going to take that away from the most insecure subgroup of men? That's true. Hunter S. Thompson really put bald guys on the map. And, like, not just, like, you know, confident, like, Jason Statham shaved head guys. No, balding guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys who are holding on to it as long as they possibly can. Guys who are like, no, I'm not bald. I just have a really long forehead. Hunter S. Thompson might be the first person to have ever proved that you can still be scary with a bald spot you really can and that's partly why i like him so much is that like you don't see a lot of guys with the same haircut as my granddad (laughs) doing all the shit that i think rules (laughs) that's a good point but i will say on on your point a point i have to give for this movie is i liked how they had uh, an old guy playing hunter in this one instead of in fear and loathing where it seemed to be a young johnny depp yeah, I mean, De- Johnny Depp definitely was younger, but I don't know, man. I feel like Cause I, the way that they fucking dressed him up, just I felt like it was more, much more Hunter vibes. I mean, yeah, sure, it was a I Hollywood like- version, but like he had a more similar body type. He fucking walked like him. He'd moved like him. Yeah, I like all that more. I'm not saying that. I just purely on the age thing, Hunter S. Thompson, to me, feels more like an old man than a guy in his prime. Like, I don't think I've ever read a sentence by Hunter S. Thompson and thought, this guy is at his peak right now. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> it seems sort of like a perpetual rock bottom type of deal. Yeah, that's what I like about Hunter, is uh, you're never reading, like, yeah, he never feels like he's at the top of his game. Even when you you read, the like, his magnum opus. Yeah. When you read Fear and Loathing, you're like, oh, man, I hope... Hope he got better after this. Yeah, yeah. He Hope he not. feels okay. He got, he got worse. He did get worse. But so then that brings me to this point is I think Hunter S. Thompson's life is a is a great crash course in um, what happens if you don't work on your toxic masculinity. Yeah, how so? Because, like, I don't know, he could have gone to therapy for like two weeks and been like, oh, maybe I'll stop doing everything that I can get my hands on. Two more weeks, oh, maybe I'll sell this gun. I don't need it. Yeah, Two he, more weeks, oh, maybe I don't have to live on a compound in the mountains. He could have, but like, okay, first off, I'm everything I do is working towards living on a compound in the mountains. So I think that's that was the choice of a sane man. Okay. Um, you think everything... You- Everything yeah, I, whatever, yeah, whatever, every, every, every move every I make. Every choice you make is working towards being sane, is what you're telling me. Yeah, a sane guy on a compound in the mountains. So, okay. So when I see you spiraling, that's just actually me seeing you slowing that's down. That's just part of the plan. It's a slow it's down spiral. It's all part of the plan. Not a speed up spiral. 
Oh, no, no. The kind of spiral you do where you're putting the wine cork back in the bottle. Yeah, the kind of spiral you do when you're on your way up. Mm-hmm. Not a downward spiral. I do upward spirals. Okay. Um, but yeah, there was a there was a scene in the movie where uh, he was talking to um, like a big auditorium full of students, and he was like, "Oh, you know, I I hate to advocate uh, drug use and being a maniac, but huh, it's worked for me." Yeah, and it did work for him. Did you work for I mean? him for I mean, a like, while until it stopped. Definitely for a while, and I mean, like I would say that he probably wouldn't have been able to write Hell's Angels had he not been fucked up. Yeah, or, or at least been willing shit. to get fucked up in front of. Yeah, I mean, true. Most of what he wrote, it was written because he was fucked up. The only problem is, is that he uh, got but, too fucked up. But, I also don't want to not challenge that statement because I don't want anybody ever in the world to come out of like any sort of Hunter S. Thompson thing thinking I should get fucked up and become a writer. No, you shouldn't it because won't work for you. you're not going to. Yeah, he you're was never very going likely to. already a genius. He, yeah, oh well, yeah, he <laughs> literally, he was, yes, he was a genius, and the, he was able to write despite the huge amount yeah, of drugs yeah, yeah, he yeah. was on. Uh, and it, you know, I would say like for the Hell's Angels thing, it gave him an in into a fucking dirty underbelly world that they probably wouldn't have trusted him had he not get gotten hammered with them every night. Yeah. Um. And then with Fear and Loathing, obviously that one. Ugh. Sorry, I popped my ears. Um, they were fucking. It's literally just a drug, mm-hmm. little drug biography. It's a trip report, essentially. Yeah. It's the same shit as you'd read on the shroomery dot org before you were getting yeah. amped up to do mushrooms. Oh my god. Okay, so I want to say one thing about the toxic masculinity thing. That? And then I want to say one thing about the Hunter S. Thompson subreddit that I went on today. That sounds like a shit show. This is the first episode of the podcast I've ever researched. And holy fuck, am I about to start researching all the other episodes <laughs> we do. Because, wow, do you learn a lot when okay, you Okay, well, lay it on, but my sister. My toxic masculinity point is I just I think all of man's vices come from uh, buried anger or some sort of other emotion. But I think most of the bad emotions are anger. Or anger is sad or whatever. But, like, I think... I think anger is the most powerful emotion. Anger is what I channel all my bad emotions into. Yeah, which is what I'm saying. So, like, I think it's, <laughs> like, the, like burying your emotions from your bad childhood or your fucking, you know, repressive 50s teenagerhood or whatever um, led him to being such a man of gun and drug. But also, I want to... I do want to say this about the trip report thing is... Hunter S. Thompson is great, but Hunter S. Thompson guys, you can go fuck yourself. Well, yeah, because that was a major thing that we discussed on uh, the Fear and Loathing episode, the lost episode, was was this movie worth the creation of all those Hunter S. Thompson guys? And let me tell you something. When we talked about it on the deleted episode, I hadn't encountered any Hunter S. Thompson guys, so I was like, of course it's worth it. And then I went on this fucking subreddit, dude. And I swear to God, every post... Because I was looking for articles because they were buried under a paywall on the Rolling Stone website. And all I could find on this was just fan fan writing in Hunter S. Thompson's style. Oh, God! And it's just all bad. And it's also all not about anything like big happen like you know how we he gotta would... find something yeah I gotta, sure let, here keep talking i'm gonna try and find something to read yeah but you know how like hunter s thompson would like get all drugged up and gunned up and go down to the kentucky derby and cause havoc or whatever oh These yeah. guys are like the stories are like 
It was a gloomy, brash Tuesday when I woke up out of a rolling fog, the likes of which one might see abreast a lighthouse, and I brushed my teeth on Percocet, and then that's the story, and then it's like, there's like two upvotes, no comments, and they're like, come back next week for another gonzo journalism story. <laughs> like, they act like everything can be gonzo journalism, which also, by the way, is a term I hate. Like, it, it not everything needs a fucking term. Like, anyone who tried to do this after Hunter was just... Like that, your genre is copying. It's not yeah, it's Gonzo journal. Hunter Thompson S. <laughs> yeah, it's sorry, bro. <laughs> you were inspired by Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah, you couldn't find one. Uh, I just uh, fuck. I can't find any. Um, I just keep seeing people posting about him. I don't see anybody doing like. Okay, hold on. I got to Okay, gotta... yeah. Get get show it to me. Yeah, because uh, shit like that is absolutely nuts. Hold on, I'm deep in this, but I passed one earlier. But yeah, what do you think? Was was Hunter S. Thompson's... Because if we're talking it worth it, we got to talk every all the books and then the two, the two or three movies that were made like uh, after about him too. So was it worth Hunter S. Thompson, guys? <sighs> I mean, I got to say yes. But only because I have enjoyed uh, you. You've read more Hunter S. Thompson shit than I have. But oh, yeah. I, man, I fucking really like Tell's Angels. I really truly enjoyed Fear and Loathing. That reminded me of just some fucking. I don't know. I feel like that one really hits the root of some weird, deep, uh, uh, almost just addict feelings that I have. Like I don't know. Have you ever? I mean, obviously not. You're straight edge, mm-hmm. but like. I'm sure you've Ask heard. me a hypothetical question. Hypothetically, could you imagine the way that somebody might feel when they're like, you know, like four beers deep, you've eaten some mushrooms, you've smoked some weed, and you're like, we're fucking going for it. Yes. And just fucking buckling up. Like, I remember one time, me and another man who was a very similar height to you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he looked more manly than yeah, I Yeah, no, he was really strong. Yeah, yeah That yeah, was yeah. the only difference he was this guy was ripped. Sick jawline. And <laughs> yeah. Um, but we, like, went for a walk, and we wore jackets. And a big part of why we wore jackets wasn't because it was cold. It was just because we needed something to fit road beers into. Yeah. And, uh, th- uh, man, I feel like Fear and Loathing just very much captured that feeling of like how much shit can i get into me right now? it's like yeah it's the it's the feeling of like knowing what you're doing something wrong but feeling amazing about it yeah well it's like it's like the you know it's like when you're relapsing yeah and i got kind of feeling yeah the first relapse feeling which is fucking that's a proud moment that is a proud one and like the just the feeling of man this is Potentially not a good idea. Potentially this is going to ruin my life. But right now, it's yeah. For, right now I'm having a fucking time. Yeah, for me hypothetically, it always is sort of like a. It's like a weird duality thing. Uh, you get to a point where you like you know that you shouldn't do this, but then you're all, you also just don't care. And that's part of the fun. And that's yeah. And then that's just like fear and loathing is that taken to its ultimate extreme. Exactly. Um, my favorite Hunter S. Thompson work is his article on the kentucky derby yeah that one's excellent um because it's just like reading it makes me feel like i'm in 
a place that I can't leave and I'm too hot and I'm too hammered and I I feel uncomfortable, but I have to stay. Yes. It's like, it's just crazy how good he is at transferring his feelings like to you that's, through a word. That's the thing. And like, I feel like anybody who has eaten too many psychedelics and is sweating and is uncomfortable, but for some reason they have a task that needs to be completed. Yeah. Man, you're going to fucking get a lot out of anything Hunter S. Thompson has ever written. That's true. But just don't become a Hunter S. Thompson guy. Well, because, yeah, I mean, the problem is that you see people who are objectively not talented, uh, (laughs) who objectively have nothing to say, and they just like doing drugs. And they probably genuinely do really identify with a lot of the same shit we identify with. Yeah. Um, Except there's nothing wrong with just wanting to do drugs. No, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But the problem arises... When you think that you have anything to say, and you could argue that this is what this podcast is too, guys who think they have something to say, but really they don't. Well, our defense to that would simply be, hey, someone asked me to do this, so suck my nuts my defense and my would ass be, and my dick and my balls. Stop listening. If you hate this so much, why, why are you listening? Yeah, if you're, if you're so mad, come get us. <laughs> yeah. Come pull up. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but yeah, I mean, like... But it's like, yeah, don't think that doing drugs makes you an artist. That's exactly it. I mean, like, so many people, I feel like they think that, you know, it's almost like, did you ever meet, like, I I was, like, the first guy to do mushrooms in high school. Like, of my friend group, I was the first guy to eat them. And so, after I had done done them, I felt like a wise sage, just, like, (laughs) telling everybody in my school what it was actually like. (laughs) A wise sage. And and I think that that's what a lot of guys... felt double sage. Oh, Big time. Mm-hmm. Saged up. Um, but uh, I, I think that that's like what a lot of guys who, you know, what a lot of Hunter S. Thompson guys are like, where they're like, oh, I've I've seen the other side. Yeah. And it's like, okay, bro, most of us have. And guess what? It's nonsense a lot of the time. A lot of the time when you do drugs, it's you're not yeah. getting anything out Listen, of it. Listen, this has always been my stance, and it always will be my stance. You didn't have a realization. You just did drugs. You were high on drugs. That's what being high is. Exactly. You think you're a genius. But to drive this point home, let's read a story by a Hunter S. Thompson guy, bona fide. Should I read his username? Yeah. Give yeah, him credit. You slash the gonzo disciple. <laughs> Oh, God. So there might have been some people listening to the podcast who were like, Hunter S. Thompson, guys, never heard of it. Don't know what you mean. You're making this up for comedy. No, I'm not. There's disciples. And it wasn't funny. (laughs) The title is Terror and Disgust and Ruminations in the Aftermath of an Acidic Salmonella Fourth of July. Jesus Christ. So you see like what I mean about this type of writing where it's like you're just taking a sentence he wrote, plugging in new words. I know. That's I was just going (laughs) to say that sounds like he took the he wrote down fear and loathing in Las Vegas. Yeah. And then he wrote down his title underneath that it hit all the same beats as that. Yeah. Except it's just not interesting is the problem with these decadence. And what was the Kentucky Derby one? Uh, the Kentucky Derby is decadent and re- depraved, but this and sounds a lot more like one of his like mid article or mid chapter sort of subheads. Yeah, yeah, things. yeah. But um, I'm just let's just do the it. first paragraph because this illustrates my point perfectly about just having nothing to say. Like, just go do something. But anyway. <laughs> Do a crime. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, break into something. Yeah, seriously. That, that is also a very Hunter-ass move. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you've never had the pleasure of inappropriately cooked chicken, I envy you. 
If you've never had the pleasure of a toe-curling, soul-bearing adventure with LSD, I offer you my condolences. And if you've never been struck by the kind of lightning that allows you to experience both malignant poultry and acid of an exceptional caliber simultaneously, well, I assume whoever is running this abhorrent matrix likes you a whole hell of a lot more than they like me. So it's so not a- only is he a Hunter S guy, he is also a Matrix guy. Yeah. The two worst guys rolled yeah. into one horrifying disciple. Well, and it's also like, first you're telling me you feel bad for me, and then you're telling me the Matrix guy likes m- me more than they like you. So you're just, not only are you a bad writer, but you ha- this isn't a story. You just got food poisoning. On well, drugs. I, I, yeah, man, that's the thing. <laughs> like, like, Hunter always had a story. He always had point. a story. And you could argue that his stories were also just that he was on drugs. But, but he there, at least went somewhere. Yeah, he went somewhere and he did something. Uh, and throwing up in the bathroom does not count as going somewhere and doing something. Um, but also, I like just that, that first paragraph, I can already imagine him pacing back and forth saying that into like a tape recorder, like yeah, a Walkman style. Yeah, yeah. Video cassette tape recorder. He's like purposely walking stiff, like Johnny Depp in yes. the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a little bucket hat on, a fucking long cigarette. All right, now I'd like to read you the last paragraph. Okay, please. Uh, because fuck uh, the uh, middle, the body. Eh. The best interests of the gambler are never a, cons- a concern to the casino. Whatever addiction support adverts they keep. Well, fuck. The best interests of the gambler are never a concern of the casino. Whatever addiction support adverts they may place throughout the facility. Civilization likely being the greatest gamble we could ever undergo as a species. Oh. There is a lesson to be learned there. Hey, yo. Much like there's a lesson to be learned from surviving world-changing food poisoning whilst coming down from an acid trip. If they are not apparent to a listener from the stories themselves... I doubt any length of explanation could ever reveal it to them. Five upvotes. <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine just like taking the time to r- totally rip off Hunter S. Thompson? Yeah, I mean, this shit and is... five people being like, eh. the thing about it, right? Is it's like it's as much as I love it, it's a pretty formulaic style of writing. You know what I mean? It's like do something ridiculous, pull something, uh, uh, pull a commentary out. Yeah, of it. yeah. So it's always inevitably going to get compared to a gamble, a sports thing, hunting, some sort of like manly thing. You know what I mean? Where you could lose money or your life. Sure. And uh, so it's it's just easy to emulate. Like you can't trick yourself into thinking like this is anything. No, well, I mean, like, especially when you're just trying to rip off that it's, one style. This is the like- same as Eminem rapper guys. Totally. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're just he's just bleaching his hair blonde and being like, no, I'm my own rapper. Yeah. What are you talking about? I'm my own rapper and I independently wrote my awfully hot coffee pot line. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I do think that there are kind of guys who have been inspired by Hunter S. Thompson that were able to kind of I don't know about elevate it, but at least do something I'm sure Comparable. most people who've read him are inspired by him. Totally. Like, I mean, I was inspired to try acid when I read his book. But um, fucking, like, Vice journalists, I think, you know, Vice is pretty hit and miss these days. But they do have uh, some guys on there who are generally, like, good and interesting to listen to. And they totally do their journalism in a gonzo style where it's less about... Uh, what they're actually covering and more about their experiences covering it. The only reason it's different than Hunter S. Thompson, though, is because they're not relying on, you know, 
this is me doing this on acid. This yeah. is me just barely. I'm a rambling, incoherent man. I'm a maniac. And this is me, you know, covering North Korea or yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's like they're actually just doing that shit. But it's interesting to hear, you know, well, yeah, shit like, from their perspective. I, I, I appreciate that. that shit. And that's excellent. That's so good. And I wish more people were, you know, I'm glad that we have the people who were inspired by those aspects of Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah. It almost makes up for all the fucking weird guys who were inspired by, uh, you know, that Reddit po- those Reddit post type of guys. Yeah. And uh, by the way, I'm not cherry picking. That was like just the a random one. There's like that. It's r slash Gonzo. Go on that. Show. Oh, on Gonzo. I was on Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah, but Fuck, if that's... the listeners doubt me, you can go on that shit. You can see a lot of fucking, <laughs> a lot of fucking stuff on there, and uh, uh, yeah, I don't know, but it, but it kind of it kind of reminds me of uh, Scarface guys. How so? Well, it's just like um, it, it, it. I mean, same with Scarface, where that's like a genuinely good ass fucking movie. If you break it down empirically. All of it is good. The acting's great. It's shot wonderfully. Uh, Oliver Stone did the uh, script for it. It's so allegorical. It's an excellent movie. Yeah, I re-listened to it. There was only two things that we didn't like about it. The montage and the scene where he runs through gunfire. Yeah. Both. You At that time, unfortunately, you couldn't put out a movie that wasn't a comedy if you didn't have both of those things. Yeah, but, you know, that's... That's the that's uh, the way of uh, the past. Exactly. But yeah, other than that, it was fucking. It was a great movie. But it's that kind of, same kind of thing where it's like something that genuinely is excellent uh, inspires a whole fucking generation of losers yeah. who think that they get it, but really they're missing some very major aspects to it. Yeah, because yeah, because I feel like um, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I feel like the where the buffalo roam and. The Reddit, the Gonzo subreddit, they both um, take like half of Hunter S. Thompson's yes. personality, right? Yeah. Like the where the Buffalo Rome is real heavy on the mean drug addict thing and like the Pratt Falls and the physical comedy and the haha, let's laugh at them. Yeah, yeah. And then this one is like very heavy on the like genius social commentary yes. that may only arise from doing acid until oh, your brain falls dude, out. Dude, you're exactly right. Like, if they were able to somehow combine the Gonzo subreddit and <laughs> uh, where the Buffalo Roam, then you would have the perfect piece of Hunter S. Thompson media. If you could get somewhere right in the middle of those two and yeah. just, like, have both aspects of his personality, mwah, what on. I think he's just a hard guy to get a read on because some people take it too serious and some people take it not serious enough. Exactly. And like, yeah, where the Buffalo Rome, it felt like somebody who didn't respect Hunter S. Thompson uh, was just sent to make a movie about him. And he was able to like observe, you know, the physicality, his mannerisms, all of that. But he didn't get why he did any of those things. Yeah. And then they just made a movie about that where he was just being a maniac and you expected to laugh at it. But I do like how they tried to make it uh, a little biographical, a little more uh, long, like showing a longer chunk of his I do career. like that, man. And I, like I was saying and before, I like... The, I love the relationship that they show with him and his lawyer because uh, that was like the main thing I wondered about after reading Fear and Loathing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I, to- I, I really wish that uh, could be explored in another uh, Johnny Depp movie. Written by someone on the Argonzo subreddit. Yeah, that's what we need. I want that guy. I want, 
you slash Gonzo Disciple <laughs> to do all the dialogue for this next uh, hypothetical Hunter S. Thompson movie. They all have names like that, too. That's it's like the whole suburb. It's like 20,000 people. It's like Gonzo Disciple with different underscores <laughs> in different places. <laughs> God, what fucking losers. Yeah, I don't know. There's an argument to be made that we're the same fucking type of guy. Uh, and I will kick anyone's ass who makes that argument. Terror and disgust in the Colorado sprawl. Pessimism, poverty, and paranoia in the waking hours of a burnout. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's just like, I was feeling bad about myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I love this kind of shit, though. Like, to be honest with you, I think the world would be a worse place without guys like this. Like, as much as I don't think anyone should ever become this type of guy... I think it's kind of good that there's people who just do this. Yeah, let me just tell you a great title I just found right now. Health and Wellness, Meditation and Masturbation. Banter with my id. <laughs> okay. Let me let me riff one to you, okay? Line dancing and vodka sodas. Paranoia and insecurity. Uh, the aftermath of a cruel night on the dance floor at Blues on White <laughs> with my ex-girlfriend. What about that? That's pretty good. I also just realized that the classic novel Pride and Prejudice is already a Hunter S. Thompson title. Um, oh. It just totally, it falls into that category. Uh, I don't know. I just, I feel like... Shitting could... and farting. My life on the White Avenue <laughs> trail. <laughs> like, I just think you could do it with any story. Like, you could just copy the cadence. You oh, know? you totally could. It's, I mean... There's not a lot of guys you can do that with either. Like, do you think you could do that with... Who's your favorite author? Like, you're big into Camus right now. Do yeah, I do like Camus. Just rip off Camus that easily? No! Like, I mean, there's so many intricate... I mean, I think that he also has, like, a less... Um, I'd say like paro parodyable style. Yeah, than Hunter uh, S. Thompson, like course. he has less kind of Camusisms to him. But like, I could probably rip off like a, a Cormac McCarthy book. Yeah, I mean it's obviously not going to be as good, but I can write with only using only using periods. Yeah, you could rip off. Yeah, there are guys you can rip off. Yeah, so maybe it's just like that happens with everybody who's uh like genre defining or like I don't know the word for it like blazes their own trail i mean i something. think that there is totally I, I i feel like it's that thing where whenever you start off as like an artist uh you kind of start by emulating the shit that you know until you're able to actually do something new and interesting i mean like how many new comedians have you uh seen oh, i start? did that oh totally like i also did that um but yeah, like you was a big fucking jesselnick jr when i started oh yeah man i a lot of my jokes i wrote in the cadence of ari shafir when i started just because that's like what i knew yeah um and then eventually you figure out your own shit and your own voice and you're able to throw or you know put all that aside and maybe take some aspects like very small aspects that you like and you know really turn it into your own thing it's the fucking nature of writing but then you have like these guys on the gonzo subreddit who are just like oh hunter s thompson figured out how to write in 1989 and <laughs> <laughs> i will keep that torch burning yeah literature <laughs> started in zero and it evolved all the way to 1989 then, and then we're done yep that's where it stopped <laughs> that's where it stopped <laughs> it makes me wonder like is there going to be a movie equivalent of this type of thing like is there gonna, are you going to see a bunch of home movies that are just like in the exact vein as parasite like, i would love that 
I don't know what Parasite's about. I was going to say just a bunch of Koreans being scared, but I feel like you can't say that. Yeah, probably not. I also haven't seen that movie, but I reckon there's at least two or three more layers of shit going on. Yeah. Um, but what about like Marvel movies? Like you start shooting all your home videos, like they're grand cinematic sequences. Like, you know, get like, it's like you instead of just like videoing your grandma on her birthday, you like started her like fucking it's no. Now we're doing Tarantino style. You like okay. started her feet for yeah. like a, a minute. Like you're focused on her feet. for yeah. Her bare feet. A hot second. And there's sort of a weird glitch in the soundtrack where it sounds like some wet skin might be slapping against some other wet. Yeah, skin. exactly. You can vaguely hear the song playing in the background. She's bobbing her toes to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you just like pan up and you have a very weird downward shot of grandma blowing out her can. Yeah, she looks menacing on yeah. her birthday. And then there's like a half hour of banter between everybody. And, and also, it's not about grandma's birthday. It's also, about the something birthday else. party is held in a warehouse. Yes. Where, they, where they're uh, stashing the products of a robbery they yeah. just committed. Yeah, the birthday party takes place on one set. The whole birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would like like a rip like a home movie version of superhero movies where it's like it's the exact same as every home movie except they just turn the contrast down like they do in serious superhero movies every color is just very subdued man fuck sorry i keep i have the page open and i keep reading titles (laughs) off of it hit me with another one can anyone explain like i'm five the 1972 democratic national convention (laughs) 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 who fucking cares bitch not even hunter cared read the book he didn't care it it doesn't matter That's so good. I don't know. What happened in every other Democratic National Convention? Somebody got fucked, and I bet you they all talked shit for the whole time. Chances are Hillary Clinton won that one, too. I wouldn't (laughs) worry about it. (laughs) Fair and square, she won. (laughs) Oh, that's so good. (laughs) Man, yeah, this is one of the best subreddits we've ever discussed. Yeah, we got to start. What if we started a podcast? And we'll leave this in. Listeners, let us know. Where we just read nonsense subreddits. Yeah. We just go through and read some some of the worst fucking text posts we can find. That's not a bad idea. Um, Let's get back into this movie. Yeah, honestly, I wrote down almost no notes for this movie. I kind of phoned it in when I was watching it at my second dose. I was fucked up on the couch. I was just mad that they kept changing the plot. Because that was the thing, like each kind of they they have like a few different segments to the movie. The first one follows uh, uh, Doctor Gonzo when uh, they, yeah, none or, of the stories like wrap up at all. No, they don't really wrap it, up, it and they don't link together, and they all end on cliffhangers. Like yeah, it's a fucking episode of Friends. Yeah, exactly. Like the first one's all about the lawyer getting some uh, or trying to get some students or I guess young people off of uh, drug charges. Yeah, but then he just ends up going to jail. Yeah. Um, and then the second one is about um, they fucking like go to Mexico or something and traffic cocaine, right? I don't know. This I got lost on this one. This is where I had to look up Wikipedia. Yeah. This what was, was your take on the very second story? Confusing movie. I thought the second story was the Super Bowl one. Could have been. Oh, it was that one. Yeah, it was yeah. that. And then, the, but then they fucked off and went to. Across the border, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they didn't go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. That was a very chill move, I thought. Yeah. Man, 
Yeah, I mean, this movie, it had so much potential. And so much it's, potential. It's really just kind of, a, it's kind of sad. It was all just squandered by, like, writers who didn't understand Hunter S., Bill Murray, who was kind of, I don't want to say phoning it in, but who just, like, didn't get all the way there with his acting. Yeah, he just seemed weird in this movie. Like, he did seem weird. He didn't yeah. seem like the right guy. Um, he was playing it. He was playing the role too much for laughs, I think. Yeah. Yeah, like, uh, it seems like they're trying to go real slapstick with That's it. That's totally what it was. I mean, yeah, it's just like they were trying to laugh at Hunter S. Thompson and all the crazy shit he did. And I don't think you need to do that on purpose to be able to laugh at it. Because in the fucking Johnny Depp movie, they're not... I don't think they're trying to make fun of him, but also... He like he does that for himself. He's, he's an, an inherently insane man. He's insane. Yeah, he's inherently <laughs> funny. Like you don't have to play any of that up. Yeah. You can do it one to one, and it it's going to, to come through. Fall. Like, no, exactly, dude. Like he's going to stumble regardless. And that was the worst part. Is that like Bill Murray just plays him as a perfectly coherent man until he chooses not to be. Sometimes, yeah, it's like he's not the fucking stumbling, rambling. Uh, you know, fucking lunatic that Johnny Depp plays. And I mean, Johnny Depp is also playing him when he's gacked out on drugs. So maybe that's why. But I also, I don't know. It was just... Now, a lot of people describe Hunter S. Thompson's uh, writing as unfilmable. A lot of people have said that. Do you think it proves true? Because we've watched both the most popular movies of uh, that are about his life now. I don't think it's unfilmable. I think the... Uh... I think you just have to do it in a certain way. I think Terry Gillum was so successful in um, Fear and Loathing for a couple of reasons. I think that the camera work uh, lended so much to it uh, and actually being able to kind of get set the mood right to yeah. Hunter's writing. Because that's the thing with uh, reading Hunter S. Thompson is you really just fucking feel like you're taking a trip inside this guy's brain to do whatever he's going to do. Yeah, well, because it's very, like, shattered and uh, not written in uh, a timeline, Exactly. Right? And, and the good part about Fear and Loathing the movie is it's filmed all janky and shattered, so you get the same effect. You get that same sense. The and bad thing about where the buffalo roam is it's filmed like a sitcom, so you're just like, oh, I guess he's the Kramer of the Yeah, exactly. World. <laughs> That's totally it. And, and then Fear and Loathing also had um, Hunter S. Probably would have been he probably would have done the Kramer thing at a comedy club if we gave him enough time. If we gave him a microphone, forget about it, man. <laughs> um, yeah, and then Fear and Loathing also had a bunch of narration to it too, so you were able to get kind of uh, Hunter's inner monologue going, which really again adds so much to it. Like you're yeah. able to get the weird, distorted, shattered visuals that adds to a you know sense of confusion, and then you have this man giving his like uh, a lot of what or a lot of the dialogue or the narration dialogue from that movie are is just lines from the book. Yeah, which so, I really liked. Like co comparing the first line of Fear and Loathing to the first line of Where the Buffalo Rum is like it's not even a fucking contest not even a contest they open it with hunter's words and in this one it just feels awkward because you can tell it's just not his words no you can it, and it's just a guy overacting like it's bill murray and he does this thing where he just yells all the time shit shit he but says it's not shit even four times sneaking out of a window like he I does mean, shit like that a... i mean like i was just thinking specifically like you mentioned where he shoots his answering machine before he does that he's just like ah like and it's not even like man i 
You you're doing done. such a bad job being deranged right now, bro. That's fair, but I definitely have been fucked up off only liquor in my apartment alone and screamed like that. Okay, that's fair. But I don't know, man. It's hard to put your finger on what you hate about this movie. It is it? hard because it's so much that I hate. I don't Yeah, I don't but know. it's I'm also having... weird. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's that I hate it or that I just don't like it and that's why I hate it because I, I, I think it's kind of like when you see something that you like so much or the, something that you know that could be so good and just seeing it done either mediocrely or even badly, it just fucking it pisses you off. Because like that's if this was a movie about any other guy, I could just be like, oh, that was, you know, so so I liked some of the ideas they were they had going there. But because it was about, uh, you know, a person that I'm pretty familiar with, somebody whose work that I've, you know, re- read a lot of, somebody that I really, truly like, uh, and knowing that, like, oh, if you were a little bit more true to him, this truly could have been something special. But, like, you weren't, and now the movie sucks. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, I don't know. It just feels like a... Yeah, it's just disappointing. It's a disappointing movie. Uh I feel like Fear and Loathing as a movie is also a little disappointing if you compare it to the book. But if you look at it as just a movie by itself, then it becomes a very good movie, I think. Uh, yeah, it's just um, a movie by itself. It's excellent. Compare- where the Buffalo Roam, it has neither. It's not a good representation, and it's also not a good movie. Yeah, exactly. You really get no sense of who Hunter S. Thompson was after watching this. You feel like you wasted an hour and 40 minutes. I would have rather they film him lighting the judge's lawn on fire. Yeah, seriously. Show get, me that movie. Show me that police report for an hour and a half, and I'll give it a better review than this thing. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather watch a YouTube video of a guy going through the police report than watch this fucking Absolutely. movie. Absolutely. But yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Fear and Loathing is still, uh, uh, yeah, like you were saying, it's a really good movie. But they at least were able to capture the spirit of the book, I would say. Like, they definitely didn't get into all the philosophy of it. We mentioned that on the Lost yeah. podcast about how we kind of wish they did some of the more philosophical rants that uh, Hunter had uh, in that book. But at the end of the day, you finish the movie, you finish the book, and you're like, oh, those felt the same. Yeah. Those those feel like the same fucking, you know, it captured very similar experiences. Mm-hmm. This yeah, like you were saying, did not. Yeah, it really felt like a long sketch to me. It truly, truly did. <laughs> and it was filmed like it, too. Man, god damn was this filmed like a sitcom. This yeah. just felt like the most average 80 movies, or 80s movie. If our parents did learn anything from this, it was like just to go on the Gonzo subreddit and try to write like Hunter. Like, I don't even, what could you take from this at all? <laughs> that other, Hunter S. was like, other a than, silly guy? Yeah, I mean, other than like either like other than a stance on doing drugs what can you really get from this i don't fucking know yeah i mean like nothing honestly nothing there was nothing i mean maybe you could get that uh dr gonzo was actually a pretty fucking important civil rights lawyer yeah but it's buried under so many layers it's buried so much under so much bullshit and it's presented so uninterestingly that the only reason i was able to pay attention to that is because i had read uh dr acosta's fucking uh wikipedia page and like knew oh this is a very interesting man i would like to see how he's presented on screen um yeah and it's fucking done so boringly they should genuinely just make a movie about him they should make give this guy his own fucking movie yeah fuck like 
that courtroom scene where he attacks the judge is like that that expanded to two hours is a better movie. Give than me this that, movie. please. And that would be like, so there's flashes of great stories in this so, movie, dude. I know, and that's the worst part is that they just had all this fucking amazing material served up to them on a silver platter, and they did nothing with it. Yeah, um, yeah, man. That like if if you were to remake this movie today, that's what it should be. Hunter S. Thompson should be like the. That actually, dude. Okay, l- let me pitch you this. Hunter S. Thompson is like a side character. He's like the best friend in this movie. I mean, if you want to make it like an '80s com- comedy, which is, I think, what this movie's going for, that's a way better way to do exactly. it. Exactly, insane sidekick. He's yeah, he's the insane sidekick. It mostly follows uh, fucking the doc, uh, the lawyer. Uh, mm. Let me check his real name again. Uh, Oscar Zeta Acosta. That's what it should be about just follow this guy who is uh you know a bit of a fucking loose cannon does psychedelics likes to do blow does all these drugs but is also like a very fucking staunch you know like a civil rights lawyer like he's going to get people off he's going to do all these things uh that are still relevant now which is like why are people being arrested on low-level drug charges yeah that's still not out of jail exactly why are we still fucking dealing with this 40 years 50 years later uh make a fucking movie about this i would say revolutionary who fucking really put in the work to fucking, you know, try and get that shit changed years and years and years before it fell into the mainstream. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that would... A movie about Acosta would be, like... I mean, that would be very important, I think. Like, truly. If it was done well. Truly, it would be... It would be It would be so good. Like, there's so much material to work from. Uh, and it's just... I think it's important that more people know his story. He's a pimp-ass lawyer. He's always doing the type of shit I advocate for on this podcast, which is one, being woke, two, attacking judges. Like, what's wrong with him? I think, Nothing. You know, I think the only reason they won't make a movie is because they don't want him to be a leftist folk hero. Yeah, but because he is. Like, so is Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah, I know. Well, <laughs> but and that was a, another thing that I kind of felt watching this movie. Like, do you think that they purposely made it so fucking lame so that people don't delve into Hunter S. Thompson and what he's about? Do you think that this was almost like? Because to me, it felt like character slander to a certain point. Uh, I didn't think about it like that because, like, to me, it's it seems that Hunter S. Thompson already had his audience, like. Because he talks about, like, they, there's a point where uh, the lawyer asks how many people are going to read the story he's working on, and he says, oh, about a million. Yeah. Like, he was already a correspondent for Rolling Stone. Like, it seems like um, people would have known already. Probably. Like, I don't know. I mean, you're right. People definitely did know, but also the cross-section of people. And but I, also I, that seems just like something those fucking dirty bastards in Hollywood would see, love See, and that's what I feel like. Because, I mean, like the cross-section between people who are going to watch movies versus people who are reading Rolling Stone. I mean, like that was a hugely popular magazine. Yeah. But there's definitely more people watching shit than reading shit, just generally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel like that was a good way to kind of get to a lot of people. And this is totally, I don't know, I'm just making this up. But I could see it being a good way to get to a lot of people who maybe hadn't been exposed to Hunter S. Thompson, maybe people who were familiar with him but hadn't made like a clear cut. Uh, they had they don't have any like strong opinions about him, and seeing this guy just be a fucking slapstick degenerate probably make you feel like oh maybe I don't need to read the Kentucky Derby article actually. Maybe I actually can skip Fear and Loathing. Yeah, I mean I think yeah if it's intentional or not. Like I do think that 
probably was the effect that this movie had yeah. on some people for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's just sort of shitty to see like a, I don't know, this guy like is fucking like I don't think anyone should look up to him, but he's like obviously a very important man. Obviously changed at least journalism, if not to the world. Yeah. Um, like, I don't know. Give him some fucking respect. How about? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> you know I mean? Like <laughs> fucking. Yeah. I mean, like, I think the thing with Hunter, too, though, is he had like some uh, I, man. I hate saying it like this because I feel like fucking Jordan Peterson right now. But he had some dangerous ideas yeah. that he didn't really that, you know, that especially at the time in the, the 70s, I could see why people didn't want those getting out. He was very anti-establishment, anti-government, pro-drugs, pro-individualism. Like, I get why that's not super, you know, beneficial for everybody to be believing. Or at least under the current regime that we have in place, feeling like that. But, like, I don't know. Also, yeah, he's a fucking important artist. Don't look up to him. Don't become a Hunter S. Thompson guy, for the love of God. But also Mm. respect his fucking contributions to journalism. Appreciate the uh, fucking shit that he's written how it's been different to literally everybody else up to that point like i can't think of another book that's uh tackles a subject matter that fear and loathing does as coherently as fear and loathing does yeah i mean and then it's just like yeah like the style even like the fact that he was able to write in such a way that inspired like we can shit on hunter s thompson guys but Really, what that is is a man inspiring a bunch of people to start writing when they wouldn't have problems. Yeah, and at the end of the day, their writing sucks shit. But also, I'm glad that they're writing. Yeah. I'm glad that, you know, for every every million Hunter S. Thompson guys that were created, I bet five of them were, like, really competent writers. Yeah, it's like... And probably evolved past being Hunter S. Thompson guys. Express your little fucking ass. Like... Hunter S. Thompson, if nothing else, you can take the lesson from him that's like, don't be scared to express yourself, no matter how one dumb, two racist, three, your lawyer fucks a kid. Like, no matter how much that applies to you, like, you still can get your thoughts out there. Exactly. You don't have to know shit. No, you don't even have to be sober. No. Just say your opinion. Having a feeling. Well, man, I feel like that's almost the attitude of uh, this podcast. Like, we don't have. I mean, there's some movie facts on here, but, like, mostly it's just talking about our feelings. Yeah. That's what fucking Hunter's journalism is. He's not reporting on facts. He's reporting on feelings. And quite frankly, his feelings are valid. Yeah. And (laughs) if you say his feelings aren't valid... Well, you got got me to deal with. You got a big cancellation coming. (laughs) So that's how I feel. I think instead of a remake, they should just make a movie about Acosta and call it good. Yeah, make a movie about Acosta. Even make this exact same movie again, just like with, like fucking more focus on Acosta. Some attention to the story. Yeah, and get Johnny Depp to reprise his role. Stop doing sight gags. Like I don't know. I didn't need the whole fucking like his dog is trained to bark every time he hears Richard Nixon talk. Or yeah. Like, I don't know. I just didn't need any of the like made up shit. Like it's there's so much there in the real life story that. Why would you make up? Yeah, bits? you don't need to embellish <laughs> anything. He's lived a, his shit. You can just make a movie about him. Yeah, like make one of those like those documentaries where it's fictionalized, like with actors or something. Yeah, exactly. I don't. Know. But yeah, I don't know. 
Anyway. So that's what I think, that this movie was a psyop against Hunter S. Thompson. I think that everything's a psyop against me. Well, that's just where we're going to have to agree to disagree. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, uh, if you liked this episode, leave, leave a nice review on iTunes. Make sure to subscribe so you get all of our new episodes. We promise nothing is ever going to be corrupted again in the future. Um, we can't promise that. I legally. can't promise that. It won't be. And uh, we're definitely going to get Nick McQuick back on the pod again to tell all the crazy stories that you guys are never going to get to hear that he told yeah, several days that's ago. That's so sad. There was so many fucking good stories. So much good shit on that um, episode. Yeah, shout out to Comedy Here Often. Shout out to the subreddit Gonzo for saying that we could use all the content on there. I do have a record of that, so nobody can get mad at me f- for it or sue. Yep. Um, you hear that? You slash Gonzo Disciple? Yeah. Uh, thank you for thank you. Shout out to all the businesses of the world, all the oligarchies, all the monopolies, all the capitalists, all the politicians, like all to, the bureaucrats. Yeah. Um, shout out to the CIA. Shout, shout out, out to, to Prince. Shout out. Are to, we allowed to ironically shout out the Mossad yet, or is it still a little touch and go with that uh, one? I'll give it one more week exactly. <laughs> okay. But, shout out to the FBI then. Yeah. Um, um, LAPD. Um, what else? All the undercover police officers of the world. Shout out to uh, every snitch. Yeah, shout out to Ghislaine Epstein or Ghislaine Maxwell. Shout out to uh, she listens. Uh, yeah, yeah. Shout yeah. out to um. You know what I would like to see is um, Oscar Acosta defending Ghislaine Maxwell in a Ooh. civil rights case. Now there's a fucking movie. That's a movie. Your Honor, my client was unlawfully searched and seized and also in possession of 15 terabytes of child porn. But it was unlawful search and seizure. Yeah, we should we should start doing it. Cause you, you know, people are always asking, or at least one of the questions I ask people at work when I have nothing to talk to them about is, uh, what's your dream? Like, if you could go in any era of history, like, what, what, would, what would your dream concert be? Yeah. Uh, we should just start a- asking people what their dream court case would be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you could be a part of any trial. Yeah, I'm talking any lawyer, any defendant you want. Mush them all together. What do you think? Me, personally, I want Rob Kardashian defending Jeffrey Dahmer. I think he would have gotten him off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want um, OJ's entire legal team defending the Manson family. Boom. That's a movie. Those want, two movies. Yeah. I want Alan Dershowitz defending the Manson family. <laughs> now, there's a, some fucking... There's some that would be pretty good. I'd like story. present day Rudy Giuliani. Okay. Defending past day Martin Luther King. Bingo. Was that what you were going to say? <laughs> no, I, I was waiting for something to pop into my head. Thank you for <laughs> handing that to me on a silver platter. Anytime. You set, you set up the tea, I ball it out of the park. <laughs> I don't know how that sport works. Anyway, that's the fucking podcast. We'll be back with a more spirited discussion because we won't be pissed off next week. Yep. Actually, we'll probably still be pissed off. Yeah, one thing about us is uh, we're fucking pissed.